Hello and welcome to IMJDB. I'm your host Jim and together with my Disney princess Nikki we'll be your guys to the Weekend Geek covering the latest pop culture in movies and t streaming TV shows. This week we'll be fanboy slash fangirling hard over episode 6 of Star Wars The Book of Boba Fett. Yeah! <laughs> yeah indeed, yes. Okay, so it's our fifth episode, episode five, Assignment Miami Beach. You thought I was going to go Star Wars, I went Police Academy. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you did. It's that also shows a, your age. It's also, it's also our second month of doing this podcast. Oh. We have been doing this podcast for a month now. That's crazy. And this is month two, Electric Boogaloo. Hooray. That never gets old, does it? <laughs> nope. Okay, so smashing straight into the news this week. Uh, it takes two. One of our favourite co-op video games on PS4, uh, other uh, formats are available, um, has been optioned as, as a TV slash movie, a TV show or movie. Oh. Um, yeah, but some of the Hedgehog writers, Pat Casey and Josh Miller. Um, mm. And um, what do we think of that? <laughs> uh, uh? I mean, we love playing as Cody <laughs> and May. Like, it is a really fun game and what i really enjoyed about it and i'm sure loads of people who, who are listening to this have played it before and if you haven't it's one of those ideal games to play with it's the someone. best co-op game ever yeah because again it's a co-op where you're not just like in sonic and tails for example where tails just basically bumbles around after sonic you know um and so many co-op games make this mistake where the co-op player the second player is just there whereas in this game it takes well, two. Well, the you, Sonic you, writers take that into account. Yeah, you have to actually work together because if one of you doesn't pull your weight, the whole game doesn't work. Bit of background about the about the uh, the, the game slash TV show movie. Uh, so you play as Cody or May, uh, a couple on the brink of divorce, um, and it's all about their uh, their daughter Rose and how she um, uses well, for better words, a magic spell to try and keep you two together. Yeah, so she you basically play as like these little dolls that she's made. Yeah, voodoo dolls, yeah, voodoo esque dolls. Um, and you just basically go on adventures through through the um, through the house, and you have to fight the uh, squirrel army, which was my favourite bit. <laughs> That's right. The, the <laughs> war between the squirrels and the wasps is coming. You just have to pick a side, people. I for once welcome our squirrel overlords. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, there's Doctor Hakim, uh, the strange love guru. Who tries to give you tips to get your relationship back on track throughout the game? <laughs> He's just like with this weird results. curve, isn't it? It's like an overbearing, like, like waiter at a restaurant. He's like, ah, oh, hello. It's all a bit weird. Anyway, enough about that. That sounds like it could be an interesting concept. Um, wait, I have to watch this space, I guess. Really? Okay, so Netflix have announced uh, their new. A, a brand new trailer featuring their uh, their slate for 2022. Far too many films to count. Uh, a new movie every week for 2022 is their boast. Yeah, like, I literally watched this trailer, and you've already shared it to our Twitter, haven't you? Yeah, Which yeah, is... I posted it last week on IMJDB Podcast That's right, and we'll share it again, just in case anyone missed it. But this, it was like, almost like a four-minute video, wasn't it, of Netflix sharing all their videos... And I'm sorry, Odeon Cinema, looking at you, <laughs> this trailer basically looked like something you would see played in the lots cinema. Lots of blue. Lots of blue. And, and also lots of celebrities talking to the camera on set. Right? Which that... really threw me. I know. So... <laughs> Chris uh, Hemsworth. So, so 
Netflix must have been making these movies knowing they were going towards this advert and actually had to get people whilst in set, whilst in costume, turn to the camera and do a bit. Yeah, when Chris Hemsworth turns to the camera and... and... With his pedo moustache. <laughs> oh no, hang on, I've got that, that wrong. Chris Evans. That was Chris Evans. Chris. Sorry, I get a muddle of my Chris's. But anyway, so, I, so yeah, there's too many to talk about. So I just picked out four. Um, first of all, uh, Ryan Johnson's Knives Out. Uh, if you didn't know, he did a huge deal with Netflix for over 500 million uh, for two back-to-back sequels. The first of which shot in Greece last year and uh, stars Jessica Henwick from Iron Fist, Catherine Hahn from WandaVision, Ethan Hawke, Dave Bautista of Guardians fame and original um, Broadway Aaron Burr, Leslie Odom Jr. Sir. That, that, that is a huge, huge cast. I mean, even when you don't count Ed Norton or Kate Hudson or Janelle Monae. Um, yeah. Who done it? So, so Knives Out, the first one was filmed in Greece? No, no. Oh, you mean Knives the, Out the 2 new, was filmed one, in yeah. Greece? Oh. It was filmed in Greece last year. We don't see much of it in the trailer. We see them all standing on a boat. So that's yeah. cool. Like in uh, Mamma Mia. Uh, let's not uh, draw comparisons <laughs> of Mamma Mia. I think oh. Ryan Johnson, who directed The Last Jedi and Looper, has got a bit more up his sleeve than that. Oh, you say that. We'll have to wait and see. Um, <laughs> but, you know, again, uh, yeah, I quite like these Netflix movies because I get to sit at home and watch them and if I don't like it, I can press stop. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the second one that I picked out is uh, going to be a huge franchise for Netflix, I'm sure, based on a series of books by Mark Greeny. Um, the, and directed by the Russo brothers, who directed a little movie you oh. might know as Avengers Endgame. Oh, yeah, I've Plus heard Infinity of that. War, plus Civil War, <laughs> plus uh, Captain America Winter Soldier. Uh, yes. And the paintball episode of Community. <laughs> and they're even bringing Chris Evans along for the ride. Yeah, with his pedo moustache. With his pedo moustache, <laughs> yes. He's going to be the antagonist this time around versus Ryan Gosling in a spy versus spy style movie on a global scale. Netflix has spent nearly two hundred million. That's the same amount they spent on the awesome-looking Red Notice. Oh wow, a lot of money! Hey, Netflix has got a lot of money it's throwing around right now. However, Netflix did also declare that for the first time since it's like infancy, it is now at the stage where it is not gaining new subscriptions. Is that right? It is now starting to plateau. Wow! So this must be their big drive to try and prevent well, that, because obviously this was in in. In plans years yeah, ago, yeah, of course. so yeah, no. Well, it worked on me. Uh, the next one I, I picked out is uh, the Adam Project, directed by Sean Levy, who we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Is a, is a, attached to a real the Real Steel TV show for Disney, and uh, it's written by Jonathan Tropper, who is coming off writing the second season of the Fantastic Sea for Apple. Ah, uh, that's a great show. That's right, it's a time-travelling pilot teams up with his younger self and late father to come to terms with his past while saving the future. Starring Ryan Reynolds, Zoe Saldana, Gamora, uh, Jennifer Garner from Alias, and Mark Ruffalo, Bruce Banner himself. Wow, what a cast. Yes, yes indeed. To be fair, I'll watch anything Sign me up for that one, Adam Project. Yeah. Uh, And the last one I picked out was The Sea Beast. Um... This one's directed by, uh, sorry, written and directed by Chris Williams, uh, most famous for co-directing Moana, but also directing Big Hero Six and the Underlooked Bolt. 
Oh, um, Bolt's cute. For, for Disney. I often think, though, that Big Hero 6 is quite overlooked as well, though. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it's... What, with Baymax? Yeah, people haven't really seen it, I don't feel. If you say to me, have you seen Baymax? Or have you seen Big Hero 6? They look at you and go, yeah, I know, fa la 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 You know, by gift, but not necessarily I don't think movie. I want to know these people. Yeah. Big well, Hero 6 was awesome. It was amazing. And there's a Baymax TV show coming next year as well. I can't wait for that. It's going to be Along good. with the Moana TV show. So Chris Williams is going to be very busy there. But he's directing and writing this movie for Netflix. It's about a legendary monster hunter whose life is turned upside down uh, when a young girl stows away on his ship and makes friends with the monster that he's hunting. Oh. It will look very impressive, the animation yeah. that I saw, from the short snippet I saw like in the trailer. It looked like some kind of like sea dragon or something, didn't it? And there were so many other projects as well. Oh, yeah. did, did you catch any? Well, I will probably get the names wrong, but okay, go on. there was that one, I think it's called Slumberland. Oh, with Jason Momoa? Yeah, and he's dressed like Is he a, a centaur? fawn. Oh, or a fawn. Or a centaur. No, I'm not kicking centaur. Oh, not again. Call again, uh, if you haven't listened to Not Kicking Centaur, uh, <laughs> podcast episode three, four. Three. Three, yes. Three. It was three. Yeah. Uh, go and listen back to the story of our visit to the British Museum. Yeah, and you can listen to that on Anchor, Spotify, and, excitingly now, Apple Podcasts. Yay. Um, so, so, yeah, he seemed to be dressed as some kind of fawn or centaur. Um, he looked great, quite honestly. Um, so that's quite <laughs> exciting. And there was this other one, I think it was called like Good versus Evil School or Good versus Bad School. Yeah, they, and look, it, they looked really Disney. It looked, I thought it looked really <laughs> wicked, actually. Okay. Yeah. And I adore Wicked. And I think it's, it's uh, a fan- development universal. Uh, it's, Ariana Grande is going to be in it. It's coming next year, I think. Yeah, again, you know, I, I do love a musical, but I really love it. It's wicked. not directed by the guy that did Cats and Les Miserables, so don't worry. <laughs> Tom Hooper can stay far away from this oh, one. Oh, he just got it all wrong. Um, but yeah, Wicked is a fantastic <laughs> musical. And there was a lot of like the colours in, in that trailer that reminded me of that kind of Wicked kind of style kind of new Wizard of Oz. So yeah, I can't wait to watch those. Yeah, That's lots to look forward to in 2022 from Netflix and the movie division. Yeah, yeah. And, and again, if we're promoting this whole idea like, because that was the thing in the trailer. It was get together. It's a family event. It's an event. It's not binge watching TV time, which is what Netflix kind of promoted for a long, oh, long yeah, time. That is their MO, yeah. But but they're now saying, well, hang on a second. Yeah, you've got that. But also, you've now got it's movie time. It's event time. They dressed it up like you would be going to the cinema. Like that is the consideration for these movies. So it certainly seems like. Um... Money's no object with all this yeah. A-list talent they've got coming it, in. Exactly. And, you know, Netflix, I, I for one, support it. I think it's going to be great. And I think, again, yeah. if it keeps the film industry going and all of that, cinema, I think you need to hurry up and catch up. But, yeah, exciting time. Okay, so moving on to Amazon now. And uh, we talked a couple of weeks ago about the boys' diabolical animated series before the main series drops in June. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we talked about the, uh, the, uh, the, the uh, creative teams for it. But now we've got the voice cast, oh. and um, yeah, so we've got Aquafina, Michael oh. Cera, Giancarlo Esposito, Gus Fring himself. Uh, we've got Andy Samberg, Seth Rogen, Kevin Smith, Simon Pegg, and John. And sorry, <laughs> Don Cheadle, all attached. Wow, that's to, quite to a To be cast, the voice cast in, in this, yeah. So they're gonna be twelve to fifteen minute shorts, dropping once oh. a week, leading up to the third season. The, the, 
sorry, the fourth season of, of the boys. No, third season of the boys. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good stuff. Okay, and so the boys is uh, a show run by Eric Kripke, who used to show run a show called Supernatural. For the CW. Oh, ah. And now HBO Max have announced they greenlit the pilot to the Winchesters. Which um, follows the adventures of Sam and Dean's dad and mum. Oh, uh, Mary okay. and John. Which to be fair is the, is the, the, the kind of show that I would want to see. Yeah, because I don't want to see baby Sam and Dean. Well, they've had some really awful uh, spin-off ideas for, for Supernatural before. They've had two uh, what we call backdoor pilots that are like stealth pilots during the run of the actual show one was called Bloodlines about a war between vampires and werewolves and I, I swear the Winchester boys turned up for like two minutes in that and it, it really took me out of the show and I'm really glad the pilot failed because it looked terrible oh well I can't wait to see what happens in Carry On the <laughs> Wayward Mum <laughs> yay oh <my> <laughs> Carry On Wayward Mum <laughs> didn't think you had it in you you surprised me that's beautiful. Thanks. So anyway, that's going to be written and show run by Robbie Thompson, who wrote multiple episodes for the 15-season show. Moving on to Hulu now. Uh, as, as we know, Hulu in the United Kingdom is Star, which is, yep. which is uh, found on Disney+. And uh, it's Up Here, which is a romantic musical comedy series. Ooh. Yep. Uh, written by uh, Kristen Anderson and Robert Lopez. Only Robert Lopez. Robert Lopez and Kristen Anderson Lopez. Oh, both of the Lopezes. Can't uh, have who, one. Who are, as you, you know, are famous for uh, Avenue Q, Frozen, uh, the Winnie the Pooh uh, reboot. Oh, they're great, and, aren't they? um, So much stuff. And Book of Mormon. Oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> yeah, songwriting powerhouses, both of them. Most recently did all the theme tunes for WandaVision. Yes, they did. That's right. So, so this is going to be a TV musical. It's a TV musical. Yeah, eight episodes. Uh, it's going to be set in nineteen ninety nine. Uh, extraordinary story of an of an ordinary couple as they fall in love and discover the greatest obstacle to finding happiness might just be themselves. Ah, it's a synopsis. It's based on an off Broadway show they did in nineteen ninety five. Oh, cool. And uh, it's directed by Thomas Kale, who uh, directed the original Broadway cast of Hamilton. Oh, nice. And written by Stephen Levinson, who wrote the book, that's a Broadway term for the uh, script of a musical, uh, for Dear Evan Hansen. Oh, wow. So huge, huge musical pedigree there. Um, and yeah, when it comes to Star, I can't wait to see it. It's apparently going to film this summer. Oh, that sounds really exciting. Do you, do you think if it's about this couple in the early 90s, do you think it's almost autobiographical? Do you think it could be almost like oh, the story wow. of the Lopez's getting together? Maybe. Because they... I think if I remember correctly, they mentioned before in like various Disney documentaries. Huge fan of the Lopez's. Yeah, they. As, yeah, as well as Lin Manuel, obviously. They, they've been together for years, but I think they met at like music school or something. That sounds familiar. Um, yeah, don't quote me on that, but um, yeah, if that is almost a semi-autobiographical story about them, that that might be fun. And I imagine if it's early nineties and the Lopez's are really good picking music that fits the the time and place and sort of um the feeling of of time and place do you think we're going to get like loads of grunge and like maybe a bit of scar in there i, I don't and know like, oh, i mean, I mean there is there is one song uh, available on youtube I, I will i will put it on our twitter page oh, good that's i am jdb podcast um on twitter uh yeah and um yeah it's, it's it sounded like a like a huge broadway banger basically <laughs> broadway banger <laughs> that's right a broadway banger 
That and sounds fun. Yeah. So when could when could we get that? Uh, well, like I said, it's filming in the summer, so it could it could be here by the end of the year. Oh, that'd be amazing. It all depends. Staying with Disney Plus now, we've got Hocus Pocus 2 announced officially for Halloween this year. Yeah! Yeah, Bette Midler, Catherine Najimy and Sarah Jessica Parker all return as uh, apparently three three young ladies uh, bring the Sanders sisters, sisters back. Well, why wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why wouldn't you? I mean, we saw the Sanders sisters uh, at Disney World yeah, do the, uh, come on, come on, come do come the ha- Halloween castle show, which was... Uh, Incredible. And we had the best cupcake. <laughs> yeah, we did. Yeah. Uh, a mock and mock cupcake. It turned my mouth black. Actually did. Like, this cupcake was easy. Billy Butcherson would be proud. Yeah, it was Oh, like yeah, he's size... coming back too. Oh, cool. Well, he wasn't the, the main one I was worried about. Um, but, Doug but, Jones. Doug yeah. Jones. But this cupcake was massive and it was all like, it was great. Uh, but yeah, the Samson sisters are all the original actresses coming back for it. Are they? Ah. Yeah, that's what I just said. Oh, sorry, I wasn't <laughs> listening. My brain was just going, I put a spell on you. Now you're mine, mine, mine. Big anyway. Hocus Pocus fan. Yeah, yeah, love their Hocus Pocus. So anyway, that's going to be written by uh, Jen D'Angelo, who is a writer for Solar Opposites. Oh. Yeah. Good humour, slightly off-the-wall humour in there. Then that'll be good. Yes, and it's going to be directed by Anne Fletcher, who directed Hairspray, the, the movie oh, version of Hairspray. Amazing. One of your favourite musicals. On yeah, that. and actually that that... The TV, the TV, the movie version of Hairspray, I think, is actually really good. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I think we're in safe hands. That's one with uh, Christopher Walken and... Um, uh, John Travolta. John Travolta. Yeah. That's right, yeah. Great. So, finally, for Disney+, Plus, um, hello there. Obi-Wan Kenobi finally has a month. What? Yeah, well, supposedly, this is it's a, a deleted tweet by a Disney executive... Brandon C- San Giovanni, aka the Brandalorian, on Twitter. <laughs> Is that what he's actually called? I mean, I'm pretty much pretty sure everyone called Brandon calls themselves the Brandalorian on Twitter. Oh, okay. I think that's a rule. That's um, but anyway, he he tweeted and then swiftly deleted. Uh, our very own Obi Wan will be saying hello there hello on there. Disney Plus on May 2022, and then he tried to backpedal and say it was about a comic. But comics don't up. come out on Disney Plus, Brandon, do they? Someone's <laughs> come on, been telling Porky Pies. Brandon. So, I know we're all hoping, we're all hoping that Obi-Wan Kenobi will drop on... May the 4th. May the 4th, indeed. Um, Which you've already said is a Wednesday, didn't you? That's right, but the only only issue with that is... That should be the date of the last episode of Moon Knight. Okay. Um... And Disney don't usually cross over between their big premiere shows. Unless... Unless they double up on one week. Or unless they put out Obi-Wan on May the 5th, Revenge of the Sith. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's an option, but I don't see that happening. Um, So, yeah, maybe they'll double up an episode of of Moon Knight. Maybe they'll show the last two episodes of Moon Knight uh, on on the the week before the May the 4th. Maybe. Anyway, that's all for news this week. And uh, it's time to, su- to sp- <laughs> time to sound the spoiler alarm. Spoiler alert! Bleep's gonna bleep and bleep will start bleeping. Spoiler alert! Bleep and bleep bleep and then the plot's deepen. Of course there's a bleep when they bleep and sorry I don't mean the blurt. But bleep 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 bleep, bleep and so... Spoiler alert! Thank you Josh, that's Josh <laughs> Gad there from uh, Apple's yeah. Central Park TV show. That was nice, popped in wasn't it? 
So yeah, I should warn you that we're not only spoiling the book of Boba Fett um, this week, we're also spoiling Mandalorian, Clone Wars, Rebels, all of Star Wars, pretty much. If you haven't seen any Star Wars... Screw you. Because <laughs> it's now time to talk about amazing book of Boba Fett. <laughs> Okay, so we start unexpectedly with Cobb Vanth, played by Timothy <gasps> Oliphant from Deadwood. Love Cobb Vanth. I remember because we so hadn't cool. actually seen Deadwood until we saw um, uh, that episode of The Mandalorian and then that no. kind of inspired us to go back and check it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really cool show. <laughs> it is really a cool, cool Western show. show. Um, so the Pikes turn up and they're peddling spice uh, in the uh, Mos Palgos, which uh-huh. is the town that... Uh, Cobb is the marshal of. Mm-hmm. And Cobb Vanth, of course, was introduced originally in uh, the Aftermath series of books by Chuck Wendig. Right, okay. He was in three chapters over three books. Aww. So he hasn't had, he's not he's not the hugest character in the world. Um, but for some reason, Filoni and Favreau uh, brought him into the uh, in, into Star Wars canon officially mm-hmm. um, with uh, the first episode of The Mandalorian Season 2. That's right. Which was called The Marshal. Yeah, because of course he had um That's right, Boba he had Fett's Boba Fett's armour. Yeah. Which he salvaged from the Jawas. Mm-hmm. And we saw him mm-hmm. quite rudely take it from uh, Boba Fett yep. in the first episode of The Book of Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, basically he, he, he tells the, the, the Pikes that uh, he sees them running, spi- running spice again. Um, they'll be lost forever. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, he's made an enemy of the Pikes. Mm-hmm. That will come back to bite him, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, okay, and then so we see the Mandalorian, not Boba Fett. No. And we're like, what? Okay, so we're not we're not going to look at Boba Fett again for a second week. Mando's here. I honestly didn't expect to see the Mandalorian again no. until episode seven, halfway through episode seven, maybe. I didn't even know if we weren't going to see him at all, actually. And it was more going to be a the I, I last episode segued into the next series of The Mandalorian. I, I certainly didn't expect him to, to uh, go, and, go and see Grogu. No! The week after. I know! That's an incredible treat. So he lands on a planet, um, which is a huge callback to um, Empire Strikes Back. The same mm-hmm. kind of shot as that. And uh, R2! Yeah! R2-D2 is there. Bleeping and blooping away. Oh, he's so cool. Like a good one. And we, we see that Luke is uh, Luke Skywalker is building a school. Not, uh, no, 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 no. Hang on. Luke isn't building it. Androids that's are. That's right, the androids. These giant six-legged We've seen nothing androids. like this in Star Wars before. This is I literally said to you, I was like, cool. are they androids? And they're building this. So it's quite reminiscent of um, his, his compound on Acto. Yeah. Uh, where we see him in uh, the Force... Uh, sorry, not the Force Awakens. Well, yeah, first the Force Awakens, but then also uh, majorly in The Last Jedi. Because we don't actually know what this planet is, do we? No, we don't. No one's no one's made a name to it. We haven't seen it on Star Maps. We can't even make an insinuation of what it could be, but it could be Acto. I mean, yeah, it could be. Um, I mean, there's no Porgs, but... No, but we're not at the coast. Okay, yeah, sure. So um, the, the androids prove that they're very good at building um, by yeah, building yeah. Mando a bench. Yeah, just to sit on. Literally benched. <laughs> so he has to he has to, has to wait, uh, and then we see Luke and Grogu, uh, who are you know Grogu starting his Jedi training. It was hinted at at the end of season mm-hmm. two of the Mandalorian. This is a nice callback to Yoda and Dagobah. Uh, lots of uh, frogs yeah. floating in the air, which is pretty cool. 
Also, I noticed that the the, uh, the digital de aging on uh, Mark Hamill was so much better this time than it was in the season two of Mandalorian finale, great. and that might be to no small part because they hired uh, a guy on YouTube who criticised them and made his own deep fake version of Luke Skywalker. They hired him. Lucasfilm gave him a job, saying, mm. "Well done." So clearly, he was brought in to help, and uh, I think he did a great job. Yeah, I thought it looked great, and particularly. When we saw Luke Skywalker at the end of The Mandalorian, it was a very dark scene because obviously it was was on a uh, spaceship, weren't we? And it was very dark and you could tell it was a fake, if that makes sense. But in the book of Boba Fett, this version of Luke I mean, was still, out in the daylight. And yeah, there might have been those odd still, snippets. Yeah, the, the but sort I of thought Uncanny Valley looked, sort of thing, but... I thought it looked <clears> fantastic. And, I, and I, I thought actually to think that easily that like, Luke to me I thought yeah, it looked authentic and I thought what was really interesting was looking at the dynamics between Luke and Grogu while they were doing their training was because I think I think Luke's quite harsh as a trainer and and I think it very much harbors down to this I mean, I, taught I, how you were taught yeah yeah absolutely and I get teach how you were taught sorry. and and I think Grogu just wants to be a bit free. Like, you get to see him playing with frogs. And I, he's a bit hungry and wants a froggy snack and stuff. But Luke almost kind of shows him, like, I can have the power and I can bring all the frogs and you can't. And it's kind of that whole how to override your your wants, isn't it? How to override taking what you can or what you want just because you've got the power to do so. Which, of course, is how you drift to the dark side. That's right, attachments are forbidden in the Jedi cause. And, um, yeah, strange to see Luke still adhering to that, but there we go. So uh, Luke pretty much says that uh, Yoda, uh, sorry, that Luke, uh, Grogu um, is more remembering skills uh, than uh, than learning them. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, un- he unlocks his memories. And uh, we see Order 66 from Grogu's point of view, oh, him yeah. in the Jedi Temple. Uh, being attacked by a uh, bunch of corrupted clone troopers, mm-hmm. uh, the 501st. Yeah, that misunderstood Sith Lord himself. Has um, Jedi gunned down in front of him. Yeah. and uh, Maybe there's like a point where like Grogu's like repressed all these memories. Yeah, maybe. And Peter Soretta on Twitter pointed out that the uh, strange crest on the wall... In uh, in that scene, it's a great spot. And, so, I was and just, someone yeah. someone got back to him immediately saying that's uh, Barasophie's crest. Barasophie was, of course, the, uh, the 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 Padawan that framed Ahsoka for the temple bombing, yeah. which got her, uh, kicked out of the Jedi Order uh-huh. in, in the Clone Wars season five. Yeah, and that's that also, which is a heartbreaking story arc. It is a heartbreaking story arc, but the biggest saddest thing about that whole story arc I felt was it segregated Ahsoka from Anakin and Ahsoka for so much of Anakin's troubled youth wasn't just his Padawan she was very much his his friend and almost a grounding influence where Obi-Wan really wasn't to a certain extent to Anakin and if she had stayed his Padawan would we have got Darth Vader we won't we won't know but speaking of Ahsoka, she shows up straight away. Yeah, she does. Uh, looking great. And uh, and um, Mando wants to see Grogu, of course. Yeah. But she blocks him from doing that. No, she doesn't block him from doing that. I would say she gives him the choice to go she and says, see him. She says, is that him. for him or for you? Yeah. Really guilt-tripping him. <laughs> yeah. 
because of course Mandalorians, I mean, didn't cause Grogu a foundling. We saw him mention that a few times before in the Mandalorian and the Book of Boba Fett. You know, it's this whole he has found a small person that needs to be cared for in the same way he was a foundling. Whereas we know that is completely different to the Jedi training where kids are taken from their parents voluntarily, we assume. And well, that's put, what they've always said. Said, it? yeah, and put them into these training schools. So you then have children who have no attachment. I mean, you can look at the Jedi from two points of view, really, can't you? From a certain point of view. <laughs> so we see um, Grogu being Luke's backpack, just like um, yeah. Yoda was um, in uh, The Empire Strikes Back, Return mm-hmm. of the Jedi. Yep. Which is pretty cool. I also noticed that Luke can't jump like Anakin and Obi-Wan. He's not no. as good at jumping when the Jedi's used to have like inhuman jumping powers you know, maybe, back in the clones. Maybe he needs to practice his jumping. Maybe. Also, maybe I was thinking that this is a jungle planet. So was this where he trained Le- Le- Leia that we saw um, maybe. in the flashbacks of Rise of Skywalker? Potentially. I think it's a really diverse planet wherever we are. It's got those lovely big bamboo forests. It could, Yeah, it could be so many places. And we also see um, Luke break out the training bot um, he's he, he using a new hope. Yeah, but Gregory thought it was a ball and started rolling it around. Very, very silly. Um, so, yeah, Soka mentions that she's a friend of the family, which I loved. I thought that was yeah. a beautiful callback to her relationship with Anakin. She also says to Luke, you're so much like your father. Which also, I think, should be quite <laughs> a scary uh, thing, you know. Hello, his father is Darth well, Vader. We all know how Luke goes out, and we've seen um, Last Jedi, don't we? Yeah. So he goes out like a hero, like he should. Uh, so anyway, back to Tatooine, and we uh, we actually get a Boba Fett cameo. <laughs> I know. <laughs> As Mando turns up, sees Boba Fett amassing for war. Um, apparently, all, all the only battle hunters he could afford were Mando and uh, and Black Kassantan, which he had anyway. Well, you know, and offers to, to um, yeah, Mando offers to bring in some ground troops. Um, mm-hmm. So he took, so he basically decides to return to Mos Palgo and get Cobb Vance uh, townspeople that helped him uh, against the Crate Dragon. That's right, and we see the the Jawas at one point going past on their <laughs> sand crawler yes. with the Crate Dragon skull. The Jawa Dragon crawler, yeah, <laughs> which I loved. The only way it could be more metal if it had fire uh, coming out. Coming <laughs> <I> out. <know. laughs> it was always going a bit Mad Max, wasn't it? And I'm I'm all for that. And it, uh, to me, it was absolutely beautiful to see um, uh, uh, that uh, Mos Palgo has been renamed uh, Freetown, mm-hmm. just like it is in the Aftermath books. Hey. That made this geek very happy. Very happy to see that. Um, so, yeah, so Amanda goes to recruit uh, and he's accosted by the deputy. Uh, he's played by J.J. Dashin. I wasn't quite sure when I watched it who he was. Turns out he's Boba Fett's stunt double. So whenever you see Boba oh, Fett in full armour, okay. whenever you see him in full armour in the show, he's being played by J.J. Dashin. Oh, he's that's beautiful. A really good job. Because actually, he, he played this really cute, bumbling deputy. He should have just worn a red shirt, really. I'm sure he just he? wanted to get his face on the, on, on yeah. the camera. So yeah, that was yeah, cool. no, nice. And actually, if you think that they've got to be filming in... Um, like COVID, like safe things. They would have all had to be COVID tested and whatnot. So he's a person on screen that you don't always see his face. That makes sense, yeah. It's also nice to see that they brought back W.L. Brown as the bartender. Yep. Uh, who was also the bartender in, De- in Deadwood mm-hmm. with Timothy Oliphant. That's right. So so that was great. And then, uh, as the title says, uh, from the desert comes a stranger. <gasps> yeah. And, and that we... stranger is... Dum, dum, dum. <laughs> 
Cad Bane. Cad Bane. <laughs> who we have been waiting to see in live action for years. And again, if you haven't watched Clone Wars... Or The Bad Batch. Or Bad Batch. Or Rebels. Now's your time to go back and see it. Because you realise how awesome Cad Bane That's right. Is. I, I recognised who it was just by that silhouette. It was the hat, The wasn't hat, it? yeah. The second you and saw the, the hat. the stance. And the way he walks with his head down low like a cowboy. Yeah, and clearly they're sparing no expense here because they, they're bringing back Corey Burton to voice him again. who voiced him in The Clone Wars and The Bad Batch. Um, yeah, the insane story arc where uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi fakes his own death to go undercover. Yeah. Um, <laughs> to, to go into this tournament with Cad Bane is, is, you know, you need to watch The Clone Wars, people, mm-hmm. if you haven't seen it. So we get a high noon showdown between Cobb Vanth and uh, and um, and Cad Bane. Mm-hmm. Something that I never wanted to see in my life. No. I was like, oh no, my good boy. Because we immediately knew the outcome was coming. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I knew it was coming. Yeah. So basically Cad Bane says to, uh, says to Cobb Vanth, you never should have given up your armour. Ugh. So, so, <laughs> so the, the deputy gets killed, basically obliterated by Cad Bane. Yeah, see, Richard. And Vanth yep. gets a shot in the shoulder. Yeah, and he's down. And I had to rewind it a few times to check, but uh-huh. it's just a shot in the shoulder. Uh, so the, the, the sounds people run forward, calling for med packs and stims. Stims are uh, health packs from uh, uh, Jedi Fallen Order video game. Oh, okay. Uh, so hopefully he should pull through if he's just got a shoulder wound. And lots of atten- attention from the townspeople. Yeah, they ran out of town. And the look in that bartender's face tells me that they're going to accept Mando's offer to help against the Pikes. Yeah. Um, because clearly this was retaliation for what uh, Cobb Vanth did when he destroyed the spice at the start of the show. Mm-hmm. I forgot to mention, but he did that. Oh, yeah, yeah, he did. <laughs> he kicked out over the sand, didn't he? Yeah, and the, yeah, the Pikes said it's worth more than this town. Uh-huh. Uh, but, yeah, anyway. So, uh, the, the Twi'lek Bar... Um, Jennifer Beale from Flashdance yeah. is unfortunately bombed the hell out of yeah. with a, uh, a suspect Camtono. That's a little ice cream maker <laughs> thing. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we saw the Beskar being stored in it in Mandalorian. We did, yeah. And of course, Wilro Hood runs away with it in uh, Empire Strikes Back. That's right. Yeah, also, also there was a line uh, clean your helmets. Want to have your helmets cleaned well, they, uh, to the pikes? Well, yeah, they did that, of course, didn't they? To oh yeah, yeah to Mando and to Boba Fett at one point, and they received tribute in their helmet as a payoff. That's so, right. So that's yeah. what clean okay. the helmet was was a wink, wink, nudge, nudge. We'll give you some money if you're quiet and you just be good. But uh, you know what's sad? That bar's been blown up. What do you think's happened to all those uh, DJ Rex poker droids? Uh, yeah, I think they've been obliterated. Oh, no. There's always more DJ Rex poker droids. Uh, the main thing was we didn't see Max Rebo, um, the little blue elephant no. drummer from uh, Jabba's Palace in Return of the Jedi. We saw him a few episodes ago, but I don't think he was there that night, so I think he's okay. Oh, maybe, I hope he's okay. Maybe he's playing a gig somewhere Justice else. for Rebo. Yeah. Poor Rebo. That's right. Um, <laughs> so uh, then we get the choice. Um, Luke says to Grogu... Uh, you can only choose one of these items. He uh, show, shows the Beskar um, chainmail armour that... Um, was the Din gift Jaren, from Din, yeah. Uh, ...gave to him, which um, 
it's basically mithril armor from Lord of the Rings. It's like Bilbo's vest. So yeah, much. yeah, magic um, armor. So we can choose either that or Yoda's lightsaber. Yeah, which has somehow recovered from the Senate floor after Revenge of the Sith. You know, magic. It's fine. Yoda's lightsaber, um, and he asks him to be the first student in his Jedi Academy. So he can either go with Mando, uh, making an amazing season three for Mandalorian. Remember, <laughs> Mando together. Yeah, and remember, Mando now has that new uh, N1 fighter spaceship. Never N1 fighter spaceship, yeah, yeah, that's right. With the dome that is empty that would normally have a droid in it. That's perfect for it is Grogu. It's the perfect size for Grogu, you're not wrong. Um, so yeah, that's it. The episode ends. Grogu hasn't made his choice. I think it But the Fett was in... Three seconds, four seconds of this show, maybe? Yeah. Well, I the book f- of everybody else, that's what they should call this show. I do now. feel, unfortunately, it's been a bit of a cop-out. That, don't get me wrong, I have loved these last two episodes of Book of Boba Fett, but, and I understand why we need world-building and we need to extend the story and all of that jazz. However... Just call it Star Wars. It, it, was, it was Star Wars. Yeah, but this is meant to be about Boba Fett and we've had two episodes where he was in it for not I mean, even five minutes. Kathleen, Kathleen Kennedy did hint back in December 2020 when she made her announcement. She said the story of The Mandalorian will continue this December and we all thought we were getting a third season of The Mandalorian in December and then they gave us the book of Boba Fett instead. Yeah. So she, she hinted at it way back oh, then. I didn't put that together. So anyway, what we've been watching this week, uh, we've been watching Pam and Tommy, and I've seen things that I never expected to with that. Oh, do you know what? way to put that. When you were saying to me, let's watch Pam and Tommy, like, I was like, yeah, okay, sure. And, you know, it's it started off really good, and it is enjoyable, but it's a bit out there. Yes, it is. Um, I don't think I should say exactly why. You have to experience that for yourself, like The Matrix. <laughs> Like, like, go and watch it, and then you tweet us and tell us what you thought of it. <laughs> so, so we uh, we just uh, binged our way through Always Sunny in Philadelphia season oh. fifteen, which yeah. was absolutely hilarious. It was excellent. just the kind of wrongdoings that you'd expect. Uh, all the things from the uh, the, the election um, <laughs> to being assaulted by a monkey in yeah. a bar. Uh, and uh, and then why not just have a few episodes set in Ireland? Yeah, yeah with lots of great. lots of COVID, yeah, <laughs> lots, yeah. of, lots of fun. Now I thought Always Sunny was the perfect um, sort of after work watching. It's just stupid. It's ridiculous. Loads of laugh out loud moments. I love Always Sunny. If someone yeah, told Danny, me Danny I would, and, uh, yeah, Lethal Weapon Seven, where they try to make a more uh, politically correct <laughs> they version try. of and, <laughs> and I actually think Always Sunny is Danny DeVito's best work. Oh, undoubtedly. <laughs> so you been watching that yet? Yeah, and then there was Murderville. We finally got to oh. see Murderville, the improv slash murder mystery uh, TV show, which I, I incorrectly said it was Will Ferrell last week. It's not, it's Will Arnett. I just got oh, overexcited. You had a lot of cough medicine last week. But we saw <laughs> episodes um, with Kamel and then Johnny. Um, well, and Conan O'Brien. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, uh, was last excellent. night. And yeah, again, Murderville. Watch it, watch it, watch it. It is excellent. Will Arnett is hilarious. It's on Netflix. It's on Netflix. Yeah. 
Yeah, watch it. It's amazing. And it's... we still got episodes featuring Annie Murphy and yeah. Ken Jeong and Sharon Stone to go. So uh-huh. that's going to be fantastic. It's a show that you can watch along with someone and go because we're all trying to guess who the murderer is for these different scenarios. If you so love, if you love Will Arnett as Job in Arrested Development, ah, uh, yeah, then this is the closest he's been to that for years. He's it... basically grown up police dro- uh, Job, isn't he? Oh, uh, it's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, yeah, Murderville. Can't recommend it enough. So. um this week we're pro- probably going to be uh, catching up with the Outlaws, which is the Stephen Merchants and Algin James. Mm-hmm. Algin James is a showrunner for a show called Mayans MC, which is a spin-off <laughs> of Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, which so he's amazing. writing with with Ricky Gervais's writing partner Stephen Merchant, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, Christopher Walken's in it. Yeah, it's on the BBC iPlayer. It's, it's, it's a it's, it's, it's a really lot of good. fun. Yeah. It's very very good. A bunch of uh, people doing community service mm-hmm. from different backgrounds. Ages and races. Yeah. And, it's definitely um, got Misfits vibes. Uh, the first couple yeah, of early series of Misfits. Yeah, there's a darkness to it as well, mm-hmm. which I, I appreciated. And uh, ho- hopefully we're also going to be checking out uh, Ricky Gervais's third season of Afterlife. Yeah, we haven't quite got there yet, have we? But yet. we will. Indeed. We just need to be emotionally stable before we take on something like that. Is there anything else you're looking forward to this week? Um, hmm. I'm not sure. You're not sure? Okay, let's call it a day then. Oh, I can't leave it it like that. What am I looking forward to watching this this week? Is there anything? I can't think of anything. Well, RuPaul Drag Race versus the world. Of course, UK versus the world. And... Oh, and the Gilded Age, of course. The Gilded, that's right. You like that? Oh, you saw the second episode, didn't yes, you? Yes, it's amazing and it's good, but yeah. we're gonna leave it on that note. And as always, Snowpiercer too. Oh uh, yeah. Again, if you're not watching good. Snowpiercer, what are you doing with your life? Lots and lots of fun with Snowpiercer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, thanks a lot, and uh, don't don't forget to like and subscribe on uh, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Also, if you want to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, a five-star review, that would be really nice. Helps us pick people find the show. Yeah, definitely. And remember, if there's something you're watching that we're not watching or there's something we have missed, make sure you tweet us at... I am JDB Podcast on Twitter. And share us with your friends, share us with your enemies. Yeah, share us with everyone. Sh- you know, randomly harass people, send them our link. We don't mind. I haven't asked you to do that, really. If you choose to do it off your own back, that's fine. Remember, I don't want to go to prison and be done for harassment. I've got too much work to do. But, you know, share, share, share our stuff. We'd be really grateful. Beautiful. <laughs> so it's goodbye from me. Bye! And, and send, send it, it to, to the, the internet. internet.